You are listening to episode number 10 of the Mind Body Academy podcast with Sarah Rose. This isn't an NBA. This is the NBA. This is the place for you to get coached and make health and happiness the business of how you get ahead in life. You get coached. Coached. This is the startup of you. You get coached. And now, your coach, Sarah Rose. Hey, welcome back to this very special milestone episode of the podcast. Can you believe it? We're 10 episodes deep. And it's a good day to have a good day and dive on in deeper. You know, it occurred to me as I was preparing this podcast that there is really no turning back for me in my mind. I'm all in. It's hard to even imagine my life before the podcast and it's also funny to think that this is only just the beginning. What's even more wild is that there's no telling how deep this rabbit hole will go. So I'm just grateful that you followed along or maybe that you're joining me here now because I have something special and more intimate that I want to share with you today. Today, what I want to offer up is my truth nothing more. My truth, my story about my weight loss journey. What's so funny and interesting about the weight loss journey is that even if that's not something that you've personally struggled with in your life, it's never really about the weight. Which is so funny because a lot of us conceptualize the weight journey as a physical journey, a physical transformation. But really, I think the power in telling it is that you begin to see that the weight loss is the byproduct of who you get to become. So it's so much a mental and spiritual journey that we can all relate back to in one way or another. And you know, it is my story, but the more times I've come to retell it, the less it's felt like it belongs to me. Because the truth is, it's not just my story. You'll be able to see yourself in pieces and parts of it, and we begin to realize when we tell the stories of the things that we've been through that these are things that we all go through. The container, the experience might look different, but the undercurrent of it is so much the same. And I think when we add our voice to the voices of so many other people, then all of a sudden there's this feeling of being heard together. And so that's my hope in sharing my story with you today, is that you can appropriate it. And in the very same way that I have come to fundamentally believe that this life is meant to be lived in lessons that you can acquire from it the lessons and with it start to see 
the multiplicity of possibilities that open up on the other side of the story. And also within it, because one same story can be told so many different ways. So is it really ever one story? Let's dive in together today. So I struggled with my weight from about the age of eight. Growing up, nothing ever seemed to feel as good as food tasted. Shortly after my parents separated, there was a certain kind of comfort and security that I knew I could find reliably and predictably and dependably in food. And I think, you know, as kiddos, we just have this built-in intuition for how to take care of ourselves when left to our own devices. We have these survival instincts that kick in and take care of, I guess, our physical needs, but also the emotional through the physical. So we begin to see that relationship in our evolutionary design of the mind and the body being so bound together. But of course, this emotional blanketing began to manifest as physical layering. And so I really started to believe that my body was the problem. You know, kids kind of taking jabs and poking fun, and then adults also with their judgments and opinions. And, you know, it was so interesting because I remember thinking back then that I was kind of like a piece of plastic cellophane. Like all of these little comments and ways that I was being viewed were really sticking to me and became my way of seeing myself, but also just having this experience of being right there, but everyone kind of looking right past me or looking right through me. Like I wasn't even really there. Like I was just the object that you could kind of lob these spiteful spitballs at. I really started to believe that there was something wrong with me as a person for the way that I looked. I became so insecure, so driven by the need for external validation and increasingly distrusting of my body and myself. Felt like my life was out of control, like my emotions were out of control, and that my weight was out of control. I would try all these diets and fads and the P90X and the beach body, working out, never being great at it, and giving up on myself over and over again. You know, restricting so much, putting myself through these grueling workouts, and my weight just fluctuated and up and down and up and down and with that my emotional state and I had these recurring patterns of chronic depression I remember even back in primary school you know we tend to think of kids as not struggling with mental disorders but I was grade five grade six sitting 
on the ledge of my window on the second story floor and I would wonder if I fell from that height whether that would be enough and whether finally then people could see what I so was confused that nobody could see because it was right there written into me in my weight how much I was carrying it was as if only then someone could recognize how mangled I felt inside as if the outside needed to match the inside for someone to be able to recognize this is someone in pain this is someone who is suffering and ask are you okay I was not okay I was very much locked into this pattern of well really self-medicating with food and then damaging my health gaining weight and then loathing myself for it to the point of the most compassionate thing to do for myself be to reach for food so on and on this cycle would perpetuate itself things got real effed up when I was 17 it was the first time that I'd ever had any real interest from a guy in becoming a girlfriend. I'd as the friend, the smart one, the likable one, never the desirable one, the beautiful one, or the girlfriend. And so when this guy came into my life, it was the first time that I could taste something different. So in my naive understanding of the inner workings of the male brain I invited this guy over on a weekend where my parents were out of town to watch a movie we did not watch a movie I remember waking up with just the biggest feeling of revulsion in my body I felt disgusted with myself and I blamed my body and felt like it was my body's fault and I was so ready to be like, just get me out of here. I just wanted out of my body. I went into depression and I just wanted out of my conscious awareness of the pain and the hurt and the suffering and I couldn't bring myself to get out of bed and when I did get out of bed I just wanted to go back to bed because I just wanted to be asleep I just wanted to not be aware of any of it anymore on the eve of my 18th birthday I remember just feeling closer to the casket than to adulthood I hated my body I hated my life and I just wanted out it was the sharp mechanical beeping of my heart rate monitor that woke me the next morning in a hospital bed 
in a white room with one window that opened inward to an observation deck. I was really afraid in that moment of what I had done to get myself there. But I think it was also the first moment that I recognized that what I was most afraid of, what I'd been fearing the most, was myself. My case kind of fell through the cracks because I was hospitalized at a children's hospital and I was now considered an adult. But it was one of those moments where it was like, okay, so this is going to be up to me. It was this blessing in disguise because I think it taught me one of the most important lessons of my life, which is that my life was 100% up to me. I could live it or leave it. That was my choice. A choice that each of us is free to make at any moment. It's just so much more powerful when you become aware that you're making the choice to live your life. To become so acutely aware of the choice created it in my mind as something really ultimate. That in this moment I would decide once and no matter what happened next, it's not a decision that I would allow myself to come back on. And so I took responsibility for my own healing. And I asked myself what I needed to heal. I was really taken aback because it's so easy to get caught up in the how of things. And it had always seemed almost insurmountable to heal the hurt that I was experiencing. But it wasn't a mental construct of an answer. It was physical. In that moment, when I asked that question, what do I need to heal? It was my body that answered. I could feel it in my cells, in my breath, just in the way the breath kind of descended deeper into my belly, my shoulders relaxing, everything just kind of opening and it was as if something shifted and moved inside of me, stirred inside of me. That was my body telling me, you need to move. It wasn't about losing weight. There was a heaviness and a stuckness there that needed to physically be moved out of the body. And I think so much of our lived experience gets stored into our bodies. I don't know if you've heard the expression, the issues are in the tissues. There's a realness to that, right? Every emotion that we experience produces a cascade of effects, physiological effects through the body, chemical effects through the brain, and it's imprinted. And so in a very physical way, what we believe, what we think, we become. Emotion is really just vibration moving through the conduit of the body. And when we're perpetually contracted, we hold and tense against our experiences and retain a lot of that energy. And it gets bound up in our sense of self, in our being. I don't think I could have verbalized it this way back then, but there was a visceral inner knowing 
of it, of this connection between movement and emotion, emotion. We don't typically acknowledge how bound up the body is in the mind. If you think about it, the body that you had when you were a kid, the body that you had when you were a teen, the body that you have now, the body that you'll have when you grow old, all very different bodies. The one constant that tells you that this is the experience of you is consciousness. And so in a very real way, your body is happening inside of consciousness. It's kind of a trip, but it taught me that my being is bigger than my body. And so I didn't need to be so fixated and obsessed on fixing and changing my body but really that how I decided to show up inside my body, how I decided to move my body could train in these attributes that we typically tie back to the body, like flexibility and strength and endurance and agility and develop those things as forces of character. I had always thought of my body as the problem. But my body was not the problem. My problem was how I was thinking and relating to my body. And the solution was letting my mind live through my body instead of resist it and fight it and push against it. I learned to trust that it was my body's job to tell me how to take care of it. And even when I'm not listening, it's trying to take care of me and trying to get my attention. That's really what I understand weight to be now, is just the body's signal to pay attention internally rather than externally. It shows up externally, so we have no choice but to pay attention to it. And in that moment, we can notice that, become alarmed, and see that as the source of the alarm, or we can look to what set off the alarm in the first place, right? Is it during a fire, the alarm bell ringing, that's the problem, or is it that there's a fire? And so for many of us, we think that the goal is to lose some weight, but losing weight won't solve your problem. You have to deeply understand what's driving the weight gain. That's what made all the difference for me. So it wasn't just a question of eating and exercising to change my body so that I could change my life, but really changing my thinking about my body to come back into vivid, nourishing relationship with it and trust my body to tell me exactly how to take care of it and exactly what it needed to become the happiest, healthiest, strongest version and expression of myself out into the world, out beyond the body. And it's crazy because for such a big part of my life, my identity was being fat, like that was a fact. And 
all of that identity was bound up in that one thought that I was fat. And as soon as I let that thought go, I stepped into my bigness and I was not afraid of being big anymore. And so when fat became larger than life, I didn't have to worry so much about what there was to lose. And I was free to focus on what there was to gain. It took me so long to realize that weighing less wouldn't give me more sense of self-worth. To realize that size should no longer run my world and that strength is really what I needed to feel on top of the world. It took me so long to realize that I needed to stop striving to make myself smaller and to start thinking bigger for myself. Because the truth of the matter is, healthy and happy isn't a size, shape, or number. It's not a goal weight. It's a goal feeling. And that is always just one thought away. And let me tell you, right now, it feels so damn good. Okay, so let me just pull for you my greatest lessons. Really, the first was understanding that the weight loss journey is a mental journey. How do we know? Because two people can weigh the exact same thing, have the exact same measurements. And for one of them, it might not seem like a problem at all to them. It might not be something they think about at all. And for the other, it might be something they fixate on and appear to them as the biggest problem that they've ever struggled with to overcome. The only thing that creates our weight as a problem in our mind is our thinking. Our thinking also modulates our relationship to our body and dictates how we take care of our bodies and how we show up not only in our bodies but in our lives. Number two, because your body is not the problem but the source of your problem is actually your thinking, your body is actually the solution. If you learn to listen to it, it will give you the exact formula for weight loss. It will tell you what it needs and how to take care of it. And if you listen to it, it will listen to you about losing and releasing some fat, which perfectly frames lesson number three, which is that the mind and the body are intimately connected If you want to change your body, you have to chain your mind as much as you're behind. And the more you change your mind, the more your body will change. And the more your body changes, the more it will change your mind. So lastly, lesson number four is that you're not so far off from the goal that you have for yourself in your body and in your life. You are only ever just one thought away. You simply have to believe it over and over again until you see it. 
If you want to integrate these lessons into your life and start this process to go through your weight journey, make sure you go to the Mind Body Academy website right now and enroll for Think Yourself Slim. You're just a thought away from where you want to be and getting started on your way there. I can't wait to speak with you again soon. And remember that if each day you decide, yes, this will be a good day. And at the end of each day, you decide, yes, this has been a good day. There will come a day when you will be able to look back and know for sure that, yes, this has been a good life. You are just one thought away. Thanks for being an awesome listener of the Mind Body Academy podcast. If you're ready to redefine success to include health and happiness and live into a body, you capital L-O-V-E, then you need to join me in Think Yourself Slim. It's my one-on-one coaching program where you'll get the coaching you need to become a weight loss success story. Step into the vision that you have for your life over at Mind Body. Academy. Let's start a transformation today.